0: Tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and sky-worn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer, Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm spotter and chaser, Phil Johnson.
1: Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you are a first-time listener, uh, thanks for checking us out. Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com. You can check out our library of previous shows and famous guests from the weather industry. Uh, But this is episode 51. We are joined uh, tonight by meteorologist and CEO of the Extreme Weather Experience, which is an edutainment concept. This is unbelievable. You're going to love what you're going to hear tonight. Uh, We'll also be discussing long-range forecasts, And, and part of that discussion is really how far can we really go accurately with those? And stick around because we're going to have our WX resources that you'll want to have. And the Weather Fools segment, you know, that's so popular now, it's even got its own uh, t shirt uh, that you can get. And, and really, on that note, you've, you've got to check out our new and ever increasing line of apparel from helicitydesigns.com. So we, we talked about this last episode, but along with our, with our, uh, only You Can Prevent Hashtag Weather Fools t-shirt that I mentioned. Uh, we've also got a logo t-shirt, our lightning round tour shirt, uh, which which has got our guests from the first 50 episodes. It's like a concert t-shirt. That's pretty cool. And and starting tonight, you can now get the What Are You Drinking shirt uh, that you've, you've got to see to believe because it's got a neat little... Uh, Twister movie uh, edge to it that that's pretty awesome but anyway you can get this exclusive merchandise uh, go ahead and visit stormfrontfreaks.com and if you click on our store tab uh, that has direct access to uh, our helicity designs line of uh, line of clothing and as part of our agreement you also need to know that every episode we're going to announce uh, to our podcast listeners so so this is you we're going to give you a new way every episode to get an extra 5% off your store order. Uh, So the new code uh, starting tonight for episode 51, uh, you can enter this code at checkout. It's STORM. So S-T-O-R-M. So enter STORM. Uh, Be sure to browse their entire collection of weather-themed clothing. Uh, They got swimwear, shoes, accessories, all kinds of different products. Uh, All of it's from Helicity Designs, and, and it is available at Stormfront Freaks. Uh, we're going to keep going here with the rest of the show, uh, even though uh, when we recorded this interview, um, my audio was kind of bad because uh, my microphone wasn't uh, apparently plugged in. So here we go. All right. So, hey, the best way to introduce our co-hosts, and uh, we got two of them tonight, uh, <laughs> along with myself, is to, to share what everybody is drinking. It, it helps us to explain the casual atmosphere that we're in. Uh, but we're a little short tonight. We've got birthdays, we've got people going to playoff hockey games, and, and some that actually are going to worthwhile uh, storm spotter training.
2: Can, can we actually call this the Area 51 instead of uh, Episode 51? Because everybody's missing.
1: That's that's a good point, right? That, that might be a good name for the show. But uh, let's step up to the bar, Maz. We'll start with you since you would like to talk. What are you What are you drinking today?
2: Wow, really? Okay. You stay. You started it, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, I've got my uh, my Killian's Irish Red tonight.
3: Ah, Killians.
2: Yeah, Killian. I was looking for something dark in the uh, in the fridge, and I'm like, that eh, it's red. It's close. It's close. close it's catchy. Very good.
4: Yeah,
1: that's good. All right, hey uh, Chris Sander in Oklahoma City. Okay. Chris,
4: what are you drinking tonight? To step up to the plate, Phil. I'm stepping up tonight. Just so you know, tonight <laughs> I am drinking German dark, just tea. It's just tea. Sorry, <laughs> Phil. I'm kidding. <laughs> Everyone got all excited. I'm sorry. Uh, tea and uh, water, of course. Right here. Just you water. know, you so, realize
1: you you can only cry wolf so many times. Yeah,
4: but before before it just no, bleeds a yeah. the yeah. But tonight, but, but even... tonight, but tonight, you know, it's just
3: I had to step up. Very you good. Know, just, okay. All there.
1: right, and, and our guest uh, Eric. Uh,
3: now you're down where in Florida, Eric? So I'm uh, I'm sitting in my work office here at Florida International University uh, in Miami. In Miami,
1: okay. So so Eric's down in Miami, and he knows that uh, we we like to keep the fridge stocked. Uh, but he is at work, and you know what happens when you're at work is it's probably not going to be overly exciting. But Eric, I know you're drinking something. What are you drinking at our bar tonight?
3: Yeah, because uh, because I am at work, right? Sitting in my work office. I'm drinking the hard stuff, the zero vitamin water, so that's what I have through for the program tonight. Is,
2: um, is it, it zero it, vitamins?
3: It has vitamins, but zero calories, oh, something okay. like that. All right. Yeah. It's
4: a personal favorite of mine, too, just for the record.
2: Okay. Because
4: there's no vitamins in my
2: beer, either. I'm just saying. No,
1: there is not. All right, Sander, let's go ahead and give give Eric a good formal introduction.
4: Okay, tonight's guest is Eric Salna, Meteorologist and CEO of the Extreme Weather Experience. Eric is a meteorologist and currently Associate Director of Visualization, Communication, Public Education, and Engagement for the Extreme Events Institute and the International Hurricane Research Center at Florida International University in Miami. Eric is also CEO of Extreme Weather Experience a -a one-of-a-kind concept to develop a national network of weather education slash entertainment, that's edutainment for you at home, through experiential, immersive, and interactive, hands-on weather-themed attractions, rides, and exhibits. That's a mouthful, Eric. You do a lot of really cool stuff. I was actually looking into some of the stuff you do. So just on the very surface, I usually ask people, how do you get interested in weather? That's too boring tonight. What is the extreme weather experience? Give people listening, a quick rundown of what you guys do.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Well, extreme weather experience. Imagine uh, being literally immersed in a hurricane or you're immersed in the tornado or you're immersed in the flash flood. And where you see it, feel it, touch it, uh, experience it. And uh, because of that, That experience, you're then going to become empowered, educated, and motivated to protect yourself, be safe, and prepare your home and business and family. Do people get wet? People will (laughs) get wet. People um, are going to get scared. People are going to feel like they're actually there. So we wanted to take uh, weather, which we all are, you know, really just interested in uh, for sure, but take the weather science. And take these extreme weather events across the country and put people actually in that event and for a big purpose as we said it's entertainment and it's education so we do have education behind all the entertainment and all the special effects but it's having you experience it and then learn at the same time and that's the takeaways so we want to take uh, you know, what you might typically see in a science museum in terms of a, an exhibit, per se, or an attraction somewhere, but especially science museums, and take it into a whole new level with this immersive technologies that we're seeing coming online quickly now virtual reality, augmented reality, and still apply various levels of special effects that you might see at a Disney attraction as well. Put it all together into something that's going to be really cool and unforgettable a memorable experience, that's what we're going to be creating.
4: Okay. We don't want to spoil too much because we want people to experience this and feel like it's fresh, but kind of walk uh, people listening to this through like what that looks like. Like what is, what would it be like to visit your, the uh, extreme weather experience?
3: Well, you know, we're going to start out with uh, extreme weather experiences as prototypes or beta testers, so to speak, and then eventually work our way up. Uh, eventually, we may be a place that you would come to that would have a variety of extreme weather experiences. But initially, if we start with one extreme weather experience, so let's just say pick a topic, uh, the uh, the ride of the the flight of the hurricane hunters into the hurricane, uh, into the eye of the storm, and so a lot of what this will entail too is called uh, storytelling. Storytelling is so key with any event, with any special event, we hear survival stories. We hear people talk about what it was like to, to be through that tornado or be through that hurricane. So we're gonna take, you know, for example, let's say the Hurricane Hunter and do the storytelling on what they do. So imagine you're going to now first see them get their uh, weather briefing about the storm. Where is the storm? What's the size of the storm? What are the coordinates? And then they get their pre-flight weather briefing. What's it going to be on the way to the storm, and then you're going to then enter into the plane and now actually be a hurricane hunter, and then that's when we things get get very exciting as you fly into that eye of the storm. But before you get to the eye of the storm, you're gonna you're gonna punk uh, you know right through that eye wall, get into the center, and then you're gonna go out the other side. So uh, through all of that, you'll not only experience it feel it but then you'll learn the importance of the role that they have right we need to have these hurricane hunters fly into the storm get that data that's so critical for the uh, computer models for track forecasting and intensity forecasting so then the takeaways will be then you know the science how they get that information but then the importance to be prepared if a storm comes your way
2: that, that sounds like a cool experience how long does how long is the experience for someone
3: well it it Right now, we're looking at, you know, when we start scaling. So uh, a larger attraction will take uh, uh, about 20 20 minutes or so if you have a complete full story. Uh, If we have a smaller-sized exhibit attraction, then probably a 5- to 10-minute film with experience. But with complete storytelling, it'll be at least a uh, 20-minute beginning, middle, and end. That's getting your money's worth.
2: You know, you go to Disney and you're like done in 45 seconds. What the heck? And I stood in line for two hours. That's why
3: 20 minutes. That's awesome. Well, and that's because, you know, as part and Disney has perfected uh, this whole thing of a beginning, middle and end. Usually you see, obviously you're going to be what they call an A.Q. zone and Disney have perfected that where you kind of wind your way in line you're going to see, you see monitors or have education and then you may enter that first room and that first room is not the actual experience. It's yet before you get to that. So in there, that's when you see more information as it's a buildup. It's all about building up to then when the, when the doors open up, there you go. You now enter that either uh, P-3 NOAA Hurricane Hunter aircraft or the C-130 uh, Hurricane Hunter er- Earth er- aircraft. You get inside, you'll take your seats and then prepare for the wild ride
1: what 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 kind of technology eric that you already know is out there interests you the most and how do you how, how do you want to apply that to your concept so i mean cuz you've talked about the the 3d and the 360 and all that kind of stuff but what's the thing that really excites you the most and how you'd want to see that apply
3: well right now virtual reality and we see how far that has come now The theme parks are are working on it. They've already employed it. They're using it on roller coasters. We're seeing it uh, uh, used in many different applications. Uh, They're quickly making headway on on the connectivity with the headset uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, But that virtual reality where you really feel immersed is certainly very intriguing and we're looking to uh, utilize. Uh, We know there's augmented reality uh, as well. But that virtual reality, uh, you know, having that feeling like you're there and then, as you said, are you going to get wet? So now you bring in those conventional special effects that are tried and true uh, with the warm air, cold air, you know, t- uh, water, wind, uh, thunder, sound effects. Now you're really going to feel like you're in it. And depending on the environment, uh, whether you'll be seated or not seated, and then you'll be moving uh in that environment as well. So virtual reality is is the quick answer, but uh, there's other ways still with uh, uh, 360, uh, 8K resolution film, things that you can display that people don't even need headsets. So we're going to, each and every attraction, will kind of probably use a little bit of a different mix, if you will, of some of the special effects and with some of these immersive special effects as well. So where did this whole idea come from here? Well, you know, it, this all started when one day I was walking through Epcot with my dad. And if, I don't know if you've all been to Epcot or not, mm-hmm. yes. uh, but Epcot, for me, you know, as a meteorologist walking through Epcot, I saw the land, I saw the sea, but I didn't see the air. I was like, hey, where's the atmosphere? That's when I first got hit in the head with this big dream vision of wait a minute look what they're doing here as attractions with these topics And Epcot is a part of Disney World that was purposely to be a place to have some education with entertainment. We're actually learning some things you know a different approach from you know the magic Kingdom uh, there's some education at the animal kingdom but they definitely wanted to bring the two together. Uh, at EPCOT. And so that's when I first got the thought about, wait a minute, I think this is a a meteorology, atmospheric sciences, you know, that could really play itself out in an exciting way using the same kind of, uh, you know, uh, techniques that Disney uh, has been doing. So that's how it all got started. And then I, from there, I just started researching uh, the science museum Uh, industry, what they're doing in the science museum, besides theme parks, and, and over the years, we've seen technology advance as well. So, and now timing is everything, as they say, you know, uh, with now with, with, you know, weather is so much in the forefront of everyone's mind. It's in the media. It's the topic of conversation, and people are feeling it and seeing it, extreme weather events. And so, with all these climate change issues and sea level rise and extreme weather events, uh, it's so timely that now's the time that to, if this is going to uh, you know, move forward, this is the time to do it.
2: So, when, how long has this been in the making in your Like, when, when did you go to Epcot and had that first experience? And then.
3: Well, know. believe it or not, this goes back to the 90s. Okay. So, uh, yeah. this is uh, uh, mid to late 90s. And uh, that's when it first started. Um, And then, um, you know, I I almost had a meeting with Disney World back then at the time. It didn't pan out. Uh, It didn't uh, happen at that time. But that's okay. Because since then, um, the journey has meant, uh, you know, what is out there in the industry already? How much meteorology is being presented in this way? And by the way, Epcot, they called it in-house the head fake. Ah, uh, where you had uh, uh, entertainment, and then they threw in some education in-house. The Imagineers call it the head fake. So uh, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of in-house, kind of use the the same thing as well, and do the same kind of methodology. But you know, looking at uh, over the years, then since then, then in, in science museums across the country, uh, whether exhibits are out there. And today there's uh, maybe more uh, weather exhibits that you'll see at some of your local science museums than there used to be, but it's still a very untapped uh, uh, area, I feel, not only for education, but since then, you know, this whole topic of resilience and how can communities and cities be resilient to the kind of climate and weather events we'll be seeing, you know, moving forward. Uh, There's so much content there now that could really play itself out. And so uh, through the years and seeing um, uh, what science museums have done with exhibits, but beyond that, there is nothing. There are no like attraction type exhibits, uh, Disney kind of theme park exhibits where the people have taken weather in a big way. Uh, There was one exhibit though, I will say that was uh, at Epcot and that was called Stormstruck and it uh, just was closed down uh, about a year, uh, last year. And they, it was a smaller scale, about 1,500 square foot uh, type exhibit, where it was about mitigation. And um, they worked with the Federal Alliance for Safe Homes, FLASH, and they worked with some corporate sponsors. And Disney took the the content, the idea of mitigation and said, okay, how can we make this interesting? So in that case, it was a 3d theater. So first outside, there was a queue zone where you saw Jim Cantori talking about hurricane force winds, then you went into the theater, and you watched through com- computer animation, you watched a hurricane blow through a neighborhood, and you saw all the damage to the buildings and, and, and the houses. And then you had computers in front of you where you would then uh, answer a series of questions about how could we make that house stronger. Uh, using shutters or the garage door, even the vegetation. So how can we mitigate the change the outcome? And then they replayed that same hurricane through that neighborhood, same neighborhood, and you saw the result. You saw the result of far less damage. And so that was a great example of what we want to do moving forward to even at at a larger scale and a bigger level with even more uh, of this new technology, that same concept. So if you can empower the user, make them feel like that they also can can make a change and they can make a change, get them thoroughly engaged and connected that way. That's another very useful technique. This uh, is
4: cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, You go ahead. I'm just like, yeah. wow, yeah. I'm enamored by this whole thing.
4: Yeah, it's a really cool concept. Uh, what kind of timeline are you looking at right now, Eric, into the future?
3: Well, right now, uh, this year, this is the year we're looking to actually uh, make it a reali- reality. Uh, I've, uh, a team has been formed. Uh, we have we have just uh, I have a just an absolutely off the chart all star team of advisors from the Weather Enterprise uh, that have heard my wild and crazy idea, uh, and I looked at them and said, "Listen, is this crazy? Should I stop the madness?" And each and every one of them said, "No." full speed ahead i said yeah, you okay got some big
1: names you got some big names helping you out there.
3: yeah uh well you know just i've been blessed with you know folks like max May- mayfield former director of the hurricane center dr rick nab who's at the weather channel now uh, jim cantori uh i have D- uh, disney imagineers former disney imagineers uh come together on the team and uh noah folks people with no education so it's, a, it's an absolute all-star lineup from different agencies and, and uh, within, uh, as I said, weather that say, yeah, this is needed and this could really work and how cool this could really be. And um, so, you know, with them uh, helping in the last several years, i have been doing a lot of planning. This is the year that we're going to be looking to create our first extreme weather experience and uh, we are in dialogue with the American Meteorological Society. Uh, They're going to be celebrating their centennial next year, 2019, and uh, so we are in conversation with them uh, and we're hoping to possibly do an extreme weather experience to culminate their 100-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. The AMS conference in 2020 is going to be in Boston, and their grand finale of celebrating 100 years of AMS to do it with an extreme weather experience to tell the AMS story and how far the science of meteorology has come and where we're gonna be going to and how society has worked with the weather enterprise. And so uh, we're in dialogue with them and uh, that'll be happening by 2020, but that could be one of our first clients.
1: You, you talked about a little bit, Eric, um, kind of a traveling exhibit potentially with other museums. I, I guess asking a little bit so what what's the next step? so you said this is the year that we really want to get going on it. What is the next step for you guys and is that AMS experience is that something you foresee being a part of maybe a traveling exhibit?
3: That'll be that'll be ultimately decided uh, once we uh, talk with uh, and finalize, you know the proposed plan with AMS. It could it could uh, stay permanently at the Boston Museum of Science, and as we said, that's the home city for AMS, where they're headquartered. Or it could travel, and um, we'll have to decide that for sure. We don't know. Um, I'm also uh, we're also in dialogue with our local uh, science museum here in Fort Lauderdale, the Museum of Discovery and Science, and uh, they are very interested, and they like the traveling concept of taking an extreme weather experience and have it traveled as well. So traveling has been, you know, our, with our group certainly on the table and we've been, uh, you know, looking at it that way uh, or, uh, you know, another part of it can be a permanent installation uh, at an entertainment venue. And so we are looking at, uh, when we say entertainment venues, um, there's movie theaters, there's shopping malls, uh, there's a smaller size uh, theme parks, family education, um, destination uh, uh, centers, if you will. So smaller size developments that uh, would maybe like to see something like this added to their, you know, what they offer in terms of value and entertainment to the visitor.
2: So is one of the greatest challenges finding a time in Cantori schedule?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finding a time in all our schedules, but absolutely, uh, Jim. He's uh, he's everywhere all the time, right? Yeah, uh, as, right? As many of you are, and we understand that. So, uh, but he uh, he is supportive. And by the way, uh, you've probably heard that the Weather Channel was uh, sold and bought by a new company.
1: By and a new person, uh, was, sort of.
3: Yeah, it was bought by a new entertainment uh, company. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, how that will, moving forward for the Weather Channel, and what will mean that for them with new ownership, and uh, if, uh, you know, uh, as the Weather Channel possibly being involved or a partner or, or in some way supportive of extreme weather experience, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Hmm. Well, tell us, I, I guess, give us
3: an idea too, Eric,
1: with obviously what you're doing with um, hurricanes right now and, and hurricane season coming up here pretty soon. Tell us what you're doing right now. What excites you most about maybe something you're working on and and how that played into your concept and putting this whole experience together?
3: Well, ramping up to the beginning of the hurricane season, we do here uh, at the Extreme Events Institute, we do a a big education event at the local science museum, the one I mentioned in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. So right now uh, I handle a lot of the education outreach uh, uh, activities that we do here. And so it's called Eye of the Storm. And essentially in any community that prepares for hurricanes, uh, they may have like a local hurricane expo, local emergency management will, you know, have a, either at a local uh, big uh, hall or maybe a convention center. So but we decided to take this hurricane expo concept and bring it into a science museum environment. And so we just take all the same topics. We have our guest speakers. We have our uh, different groups and organization, American Red Cross, Salvation Army, emergency management, but package it differently within a science museum. And again, now bring the two together, the entertainment and the education together in one event and we're lucky here because where we are who participates national hurricane centers on our campus national weather service miami office on our campus uh, they are part of it Uh, aoml the noaa uh, hurricane research uh, uh, division research uh, team on key biscayne they coordinate the p3 mission so they come out as the hurricane hunters and we bring all of this in a science museum environment and um it's totally free it's funded by a grant it's free to the community so for moms and dads and kids to come on out we bring an air cannon uh we do live air cannon demonstrations where we shoot those two by fours at shutter products to show the value of protecting your windows and we bring ollie skywarn down from washington dc and we do live ollie skywarn (laughs)
1: shows hey you you don't you don't use the air cannon to shoot t-shirts into the crowd do you no we don't do that
3: we don't do
2: that. It um, might be but, dangerous. <laughs> Even a T-shirt <laughs> at 300 miles an hour is going to hurt. <laughs> yes, I mean it
4: does show the danger of flying debris, though. I'm just saying.
3: Well, <laughs> and flying debris is flying debris, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, but I love what you're saying because we do bring uh, uh, you know a fun time to the event, an entertainment uh, time to the event. You know, you can't beat Ollie Skywarn dancing around on the stage. You can't beat this air cannon. But bringing all these people together in that way for the common cause of education. And see, what you've brought up there is not only education, but entertainment, humor, uh, the arts, music. All of those elements, all of those techniques can be very effective and make an impact when you want to educate. So that event has all the different kinds of elements that we know that it will uh, be a part of extreme weather experience as well. So uh, that's one way to answer your question. I do wanna mention that here, uh, we also have what's called the wall of wind, Mm -hmm. where we create category five hurricane conditions. We have 12 giant fans and uh, we build structures, blow them apart Uh, They actually pay me for it, as I always jokingly say, it's a great, it's a great experience, but we are, we have an event where we bring high school teams in and they build a structure and they test it in the wall of wind and it's just an unforgettable experience for them. And so that's a great event that's coming up in May as well as we ramp up to that hurricane uh, season, Uh, very exciting. And when you think about research in a research facility like the wall of wind, where we take a structure and blow it apart, could you imagine that being an attraction and extreme weather experience where you now are sitting in that structure that is now going to be blown apart by the wall of wind, or maybe not if it has hurricane sure. straps and has shutters. So see how you can take some of that drama and research and throw it into an experience Here, as well. Eric,
1: here's the drama i want to see is i want to see the tv series wall of wind after hours
3: <laughs> okay. i want
1: to see what you guys do in that place uh, <laughs> when when you're not actually doing studies that's what well, i want to see wasn't
2: that brady's nickname the wall of wind
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right boys you got any other questions for eric right
3: now
2: So is this going to, do I have to start saving money now type thing? Or what what are your anticipations of this?
3: Well, uh, a couple of different ways you can participate. Uh, You want to, you know, break out your checkbook. We're always looking for, uh, you know, sponsorships or investors.
2: I fell right into that, didn't
0: I?
3: (laughs) Yes, you did.
0: (laughs)
1: Or you set them up, one of those.
3: (laughs) So sponsors and investors will come into play uh possible when we do open up with the grand opening i'd love you all to be there for the uh, ribbon cutting and uh and and uh, i'll let you come in for free how's that wow <laughs> well, then we'll
1: take, I like throw, it. throw in throw in some time in the wall of wind and i'm there <laughs> <laughs> all right hey eric how, how can people uh find you on social media and also find more about the extreme weather experience
3: Well, it's uh, real simple. We just have a landing page at this point, which will be expanding, ExtremeWeatherExperience.com. If you go there, you'll get all my contact information. Uh, We are on Twitter as well. So that's where we are today, but that'll be expanding very soon. So simply go to that uh, landing page and then uh, just stay tuned because more will be coming up, certainly, as we move farther into this year.
1: And then do you have a personal uh, way, uh, social media account or anything like that?
3: A uh, person, a personal one. I do not.
1: Okay, very good. Just,
3: just cell phone and social security number. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, that's, yes, it's um, tax
1: season. Hey, it's tax season. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is time for our lightning round. So this is our uh, game show of brilliant questions for our guests. We always invite everybody to play along. So feel free to play along tonight. So obviously, Eric's got this huge hurricane background. We would be remiss not to bring back our favorite game show hurricane or supermodel so eric here's how this baby works uh, i'm gonna give you a name and you either need to tell me is that the name of a popular supermodel or is that the, and this is how i had to make it a little difficult for you because you're around hurricanes so much i couldn't just pick you know names of 2018 hurricanes These these are going to be either names of supermodels or names of even year Atlantic replacement names. Atlantic hurricane replacement names. So these are the names that are in waiting, right, for for, uh, any Atlantic hurricane on even number years that gets taken out uh, because maybe it's Hurricane Harvey, maybe it's Irma. Uh, you know, uh, something like that, right? Where you're bringing one in, but these are even year Atlantic replacement names. Are you with me so far?
3: I think so. Uh, I'm curious where you got this replacement list of names. Yeah, who's like getting that. fired over the? Who leaked that?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm not going to leak what what this is. So so if if this is bogus crap, which it could be. Then you just better be damn good with your supermodel names. That's what it comes down <laughs> to. <laughs> All right, so here we go. And, and uh, freaks, you can you can help persuade Eric if you'd like to choose one or the other. But we're going to start with name number one. Is Nadia? Nadia is that a supermodel name or is that a name of a potential replacement?
3: It's a replacement. Working?
1: You're correct. Nadia is a potential replacement name, even number years in the Atlantic, right? So I don't know what, what the 2018 N, what is the 2018 N hurricane name or, or tropical storm name? That's what, we'll, uh, that's what could potentially be replaced, right? All right, next one. Number two is Warren. Warren, is that a name of a, a supermodel in the 2010s or is that a potential replacement name?
3: I'm going to go replacement. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> guess. I don't know how
1: many supermodels. Wait, isn't that, in a,
3: isn't
2: that a hurricane hunter? Warren. Uh, uh, yes could, be. Right? Be. It, it, could be. Right? We had him on, Warren Madden.
1: We had a previous guest that way. All right, number three, you're two for two. This is going pretty well. All right, number okay. three is Kate. Kate, supermodel or potential hurricane name?
3: Hurricane name. I'm going
1: to you, you would be incorrect. It would be Kate no. Upton. Kate Upton no. supermodel we're covering there. All right. Number four, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Supermodel or potential hurricane name?
3: Supermodel. Yeah, that's
1: like, Correct. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. correct. Brooklyn yeah. Decker uh, is our is our supermodel there. Number five is Gabe. Now is Gabe the name of a Suave supermodel? Or is that a potential hurricane?
3: Supermodel.
1: That is a potential hurricane. <laughs> I, I thought I thought
4: Phil was really throwing. One I know. I, I thought I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm yeah. expecting the twist any second now. I got to mix it up.
1: You're, <laughs> you're all about that, Santa. You should know that, right? Got to mix it up. All right, here we go. Number six is Luke. Luke, supermodel or potential hurricane
3: tropical? Potential, potential hurricane name.
1: Uh, Luke Warall would or War-all, War-all, War-all would be actually a supermodel. Uh, number seven. Adriana, Adriana, does that sound like a supermodel or a potential tropical storm hurricane name? Uh,
3: let's go supermodel. Yeah, I
1: think you so. would be correct. Adriana Lima, that's definitely a, a supermodel name, I think. Uh, here we go. Eight, this number eight could be close. Faith, supermodel or potential hurricane?
3: Hmm. Supermodel.
2: I'm going hurricane. <laughs>
1: Maz would be correct on that one. That is the that is yeah. uh, the F replacement uh, for for any uh, even numbered Atlantic tropical storms. Number nine, uh, Despina. Despina. D E S P I N A. Supermodel potential hurricane.
3: I'm going to go supermodel again. It's yeah. got to be supermodel. Yeah. That's
1: where it catches you. That is actually uh, the D potential uh, uh, hurricane name, Despina. They're, they'll throw a couple of those exotic <laughs> names in there every once in a while, right? Get away from names like Warren. No offense if your name is Warren, uh, uh, but get away, get to those That's kind funny. Of exotic they're, they're, names.
2: They're making them hard for the meteorologists to drink because they're like, I count on my neck to speak. That's fine.
1: That's 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 right. Brutal. Those who pronounce different ways. All right, number 10. This is the last one. Uh, Here we go, Eric. Cole. Cole, is that a supermodel or potential hurricane?
3: Potential hurricane name.
1: That is a supermodel. Cole (laughs) Moore. Cole Moore uh, is, is some dude that's some popular... 2010
2: well at least you know eric's up. not trolling the supermodels all day long that is true that is true <laughs> Eric, anyway
1: hey, thanks for playing a uh, uh, hurricane or supermodel with us he actually did pretty good for for something that in all honesty i you know i looked i looked up because i thought god i can't just use real hurricane names i gotta look up potential names they've got to have the list of potential replacements uh and eric are, are you calling bs on that is that what you're
3: saying yeah, because I'm not <laughs> sure if that's going exist. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll have to find that website. And if that's the
1: case, they will Maybe. be on our Weather Fools on the next episode.
3: It, it, but it may it, it may very well be.
1: But who knows? All right. So anyway, great <laughs> job on that. Uh, thanks for playing along, Eric. We're, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you'll get to hear the latest edition of the Titan You Minute with Chris Sanner. Uh, But go ahead and stay right here. We're going to be back to discuss how well we're doing on our 7, 10, 14, and even 40-day weather outlooks.
4: And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Satter. Storm season is currently missing, but when it finally does come back around, you will want to be ready to have some sharp targeting skills in your morning forecast. Here's three tips to improve your morning forecast target first learn to always check observations first in the morning to get a good overview of what the atmosphere is doing sure it's great that we have weather models that are as accurate as they are now but they're still not perfect checking model output with reality will let you see where the models may just be wrong at the onset of your target choice decisions Second. Pick a target that allows you to keep as much of the field in play as possible. You don't have to necessarily pick a target town when you leave your house. You may only need to pick a target region or split the difference between two targets to give the atmosphere time to help you decide. There's no need to overcommit if you like what you are seeing. Third, stay off of social media. (laughs) No, 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 I'm serious. Don't follow the herd. Storm chasers by and large have a herd mentality on social media which tends to be pretty good at picking primary targets, but you may end up liking a secondary target that most will ignore that could stand as good or a better chance of producing what you're looking for. The herd is right a lot, but not always. It's best to make decisions with as clear of a head as possible. Hey, we've got all sorts of great content on TornadoTitans.com. Be sure to check out more Titan U content, our series Wild Weather, and more. Visit us at TornadoTitans.com.
1: All right, hey, welcome back, everybody. You know, AccuWeather, I want everybody to know, AccuWeather right now is telling me that on May 28th, which is Memorial Day this year, that is 39 days from right now, they're telling me that it will be 79 degrees here in Cincinnati with brilliant sunshine. Okay. So that's the question, you know, media outlets are all trying to one up each other with having extended forecasts that have gotten well past the one week range. The The question I have for all of you guys is how accurate can, can we really be Eric? And I'll start with you. What's realistic with, with giving people an extended weather forecast.
3: Well, you're right. It is a trend. Um, You know, I I, I still uh, freelance uh, TV weather work on occasion and uh, for even a station in Fort Myers, Florida, and they're showing the 10-day forecast. Uh, You know, years ago we were five and then we went seven and now 10, and that's a recent addition. And sometimes I wonder, is that, you know, consultant-driven or not? What are the viewers are the viewers pushing for that and what do they think of the accuracy well to answer your question too for us presenting that information you know uh, the models have gotten better but uh, you know okay out three days then five days but we know we're starting to push the accuracy day six day seven but day eight nine and ten you know, they're especially in the mid-latitudes with the timing of weather systems that can change. They can change from day to day. So, uh, after a while, if the public really starts writing down what the accuracy was, are they going to start to lose <coughs> faith? I don't know. I, I, I'm just not. i just not sure.
4: Yeah. Uh, basically, if uh, 10-day weather forecasts were correct, especially models i would be right now in the texas panhandle with 3500 cape it would be an amazing supercell day and uh i mean this is i storm season will have begun we have four days of chasing straight right now and this is the best weekend of the year so far so yeah I, i'm a little bitter right now about long-term forecasts i'm just i can't believe out. you missed that i know i can't believe i missed that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're saying that that's
1: what that's what it was saying 10 days
4: ago yeah that's that's literally like a week or so ago That's what it was saying because I was kind of I've been having to plan out a little bit in advance this year. Just kind of like we need to be watching for chases this year and such. I've got a little bit more of a hectic schedule. So I saw that and I I just uh, I remember seeing this agenda. So I went back and looked at uh, screenshots I took and was sending to in our private chats and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's it's a great chase day today. I don't know why I'm sitting here in Oklahoma City. It was amazing how accurate those Uh, never mind. But. (laughs) So why
1: so why are we doing it if if we can't forecast that out that far and really and and from what you guys are saying really even get that close what why are we doing it and why are we doing even now we're getting past ten
2: you know you know what's funny is <clears throat> when I was taking a vacation to Nashville guess what I was doing I was looking out as far as possible just to get an inkling of what now I know that everything changes. And if there's rain on one day and then it's dry and rain on the next day, I'm like, Oh crud, the odds (laughs) are it's probably going to rain on the day I'm looking for, but you're still, you know, whether someone's planning a wedding, they're going to take a vacation to the beach, whatever it is, you know, Accuweather wasn't the first to do this. It was the farmer's almanac. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, they did it for seasons. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: And we looked at it. <laughs> and we laughed, but we looked. We're like, yeah. "Well, we'll check that day," and then we forgot to check that day, right?
0: Yeah, it was so far
4: out. <laughs> well, that's I the we'll always want it. Yeah, well, that's the thing too, is that you can get away with it, especially in broadcast, because people actually don't check your work ten days out. There, you you issue so many forecasts between day ten and day one that I mean no one's going to remember what you said 10 days ago about what's happening today, unless you just go way over the top and very few people actually do that. So it kind of, you can kind of like, if you notice, especially in broadcast, there's usually a trend to, flatten out the forecast at the you know seven to ten day mark you're not calling for record breaking temperatures or a big severe weather outbreak on on tv usually 10 days out but you're usually going to say there's a chance of rain you know 75 or something you know something like that so that helps kind of that's a communication trick because you send so much information between then and now that you can kind of just get away with it i mean truth be told you know Despina, she's going to be looking that up. Yeah, that's
1: somewhere. right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, so Matt, what what were you guys what were you guys doing when you were on the air? How far I mean, out were you we
2: we were doing work? well when I first started, we were doing five, five okay. days, and that was back in the eighties. And then uh, the last station I was at was in Cincinnati, and we were doing seven. And I and I will tell you because this still sticks in my craw a little bit. I'm off the air now, so I can say whatever the heck I want. But I remember, um. On the seventh day of the seven-day forecast, I I changed it by ten degrees, and I had the assi- they had sent the assistant news director upstairs to the weather cave, which is where we are, the weather cave, and they're like, uh, "We'd like you to explain why you changed the seventh day forecast by ten days." And I said, "Really, really? You want you want me to explain all this?" And I'm like, "Okay, grab a seat," you know, and I said. Listen, it's my name out here. So if I say something, people are going to, it's going to fall back on me. It's not going to fall back so much on the station. And I said, let me show you the model. The computer model was suggesting a 20 degree drop. Now, am I going to come out and do a 20 degree drop in the forecast? I could, I could, but we know as we go out farther in time, probably not wise to do that. So I did take it down 10 degrees and it ended up being about eight or nine degrees you know, where, where it was. So when we dropped it, it was just new information that came in and it ended up being fairly close, you know, within a degree or two, but going the full 20, we just know experience wise, you you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I found it fascinating because ever, why'd you do that? Why did you change Bob's forecast from the night before? I'm like, well, we got new information in, you know, what do you, what do you do with that information?
1: So Eric, Eric, do you think people are just wise enough to know that, that if you're telling me what's happening two weeks from now, or in AccuWeather's case, 39 days from now on Memorial Day, that that they kind of know ah, it's, you know it's the accuracy level is going to be pretty slim. Or but but then my question is if they tend to know that, which is why people, stations and and weather organizations are getting away with it, then why are they even posting? it?
3: Well, yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think what you first said that the lar- large part of the viewing audience will kind of think, you know, they'll take it with a grain of salt uh, that, okay, that's what it could be, but you know how the weather is. It's going to change. You know, a lot of viewers kind of say things like that. Now, in terms of trends, we all know, you know, the weather service has been doing, been doing six to 10 day outlooks, 30 day outlooks and 90 day outlooks. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's a different approach. Uh, looking at, you know, what it might be on a longer range trend. But details like that, you know, it's interesting. On the flip side of that, sometimes you still get questions from someone. Here it is. Here we are in April. And someone might ask me, Eric, we are going to have a wedding on June 10th. You know, what's the weather going to be? And I'm like, well, let's see. With accuracy, I'll give you the sunrise. I'll give you sunsets. Um, And even then. (laughs) Yeah, even (laughs) even, uh, I'll give you what the you know climatological uh, normals are: normal high, normal low. But you know, down here in uh, South Florida, it's actually not a bad bet to tell them. Well, it's going to be 93 for the high, and we're going to get showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. It'll cool down through the 80s into the evening, and we'll see overnight lows in the low 70s, because for about Four months straight, day after day. That's exactly what happens. Um, (laughs) So uh, you know, down here, it's it's kind of maybe easier to look that far out in that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it's, like
4: oh,
2: go ahead. Isn't like forecasting in Hawaii? Yeah,
3: right. A little bit. uh, You you (laughs) know, that's that's been part of the joke too. Yeah, from the weathercaster side, uh, as you know, and and uh, and I've done as well. You know. They down here in South Florida in the summertime, why do we need you? We know it's going to be low 90s, we know we're going to see storms in the afternoon. Well, it's when we have one of those, uh, you know, hurricanes come our way, that's why you need us at that's that time, right. so on and so yeah. forth. But there's lots of kidding around in the summer season about that,
4: yeah. Well, it's darn interesting, too, how. The, the public, you know, people who hear forecasts, they have these weird contradictions. On one hand, they expect you to give the wedding forecast for June 10th. On the other hand, next breath, they'll say, ah, well, you know, meteorologists are never right anyways, but they want a forecast for, you know, three months in advance. And it's just like, this doesn't compute. And the other thing that uh, sticks out to me about this is just how little people understand probabilities to begin with. 20% chance to rain. Oh, it's supposed to rain. What? you know <laughs> you know that that that's uh that's what people will say you know it's a there's a 20% chance of rain tomorrow high of, uh you know 55 oh it's supposed to rain tomorrow okay that, no it's not that's not 20% but people that's what people take and run with so <sighs> I, I i don't know this is this is high level stuff that i don't know
1: <laughs> what what are what are guys what are some of the the more popular models how far out do they tend to go
2: hmm. Wow, the models have changed so much over the last twenty years. I mean, you can go well if you look at the like like Eric was talking about the outlooks months, and really, you know, and not to not to bash the weather the uh, the farmers almanac because it, it was actually using equations. It wasn't like farmers, you know, it's actual scientific data. So they were using models that far out, decades ago, right, Eric? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they and they. And They would claim too; they have some kind of secret sauce, so to speak. <laughs> Everybody got some. Uh, <laughs> they, they, and, um, uh, we're mixing in, you know, the solar sun cycle too, as far as how that would affect longer range trends. Um, and, of course, they love the weather folklore side of things. You know, before we had these computer models, before we had these fancy satellites and radar, right. what do we have? Well, we had the woolly worm. The woolly worm. And uh, we had, you know, <laughs> what, uh, what's, what's the vegetation doing? What are the animals doing? Kind of interesting, um, you know, looking at that. And they, uh, and they still talk about that as well, kind of the fun side of, you know, how uh, Mother Nature or nature itself Would try and predict what the longer range weather trend's going to be.
2: I prefer that because then that's the woolly worms that (laughs) are
0: wrong
4: and not us. I mean, it's groundhog. It's the greatest thing ever, right? You know, you just just say a dang groundhog. I can't believe he is wrong. I can't help it. You know, just I was just relaying information. What are you talking about?
1: Everything, everything old becomes new again. So maybe that's the route we're going back to eventually. (laughs)
4: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it it, it makes sense. But uh, we, you know, we have. Uh, the climate models—you have several different climate models, that sort of thing. Uh, but I mean, geez, it's—I <laughs> I mean, you know. mean I, I just don't understand how
1: AccuWeather can tell me 39 days from now it's—it's going to be brilliant sunshine. Uh the, yeah. the, the temperature I, I that that I can you'll,
4: understand. You'll you'll be amazed if you look at a graph Phil uh about how close to climatological normals their forecasts become after, you know, a little while. It definitely sure. no, like, like right. the, and you know they'll definitely I mean that's their trick is they just cloudy. throw in a
1: cloudy day here or there. And- yeah,
4: you know, I mean I, I don't know what kind of uh I mean, I'm sure they do something with like uh, how the pattern cycles and stuff, but, you know, something like that to time it or whatever. But they, by the time you get to like day 60 to 90, it's basically like, here's five degrees above average, here's five degrees below average for a high. And it's just like right in that little narrow corridor once yeah. you get out there. So,
1: you know, and and Brady, Brady interned at AccuWeather if you he were here tonight, he might uh, he might have a few words to say about that, but um, we, I'll tell you what, we always want listeners, We want you we want to know what you guys think on this subject. So go ahead and email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or go ahead and find us on Twitter. Uh, we're still on Facebook. Um, for, for now, we might change that soon. Um, but anyway, tag us your thoughts so we can go ahead we'll share that on our next show uh, and give you a little shout out. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. Uh, we want you to go ahead and refill your drinks and, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> when we come back, it's time to share our amazing WX resources and find out why there is now a hashtag WeatherFools t shirt.
2: This is former Hurricane Hunter and recon coordinator Warren Madden, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. All right, welcome back. Time now for WX Resources. It's real cool places you can go. Check out either new stuff or stuff that's really pertinent to what's going on in the world right now. And uh, we just keep finding more and more that's out there. So we're going to start things off with Sandman. You've got something here for today for WX Resources, don't you?
4: You know, I was in, I was inspired by our discussion tonight. So I'm going to share something that I've been using for a couple of years now uh, to kind of to kind of look at future patterns for severe weather. And uh, let, let I'll just show this off. Let's go, screen share. This is what we call the CFS dashboard on the SPC website. Whoa, basically, cool. this is a very complex graph, but it basically shows Supercell composite over the entire CONUS domain over the course of time. And basically you go anywhere from 45 days in the past, so to March 6th right here, to 45 days in the future, June 2nd, over here on the right. And then you can see uh, you can see these colors. Basically, the warmer colors indicate greater concentrations of supercell composite, which means greater concentrations of area where supercells, severe weather are possible. So walking through this, just a very quick walkthrough. You can see the severe weather outbreak we had this last week, the 412 to 414. You can see it's a lot of brighter colors leading up to it. And as you mouse over, you can see the concentrations, et cetera, oh, yeah, of cool, that. Man. So you can see... As you go ahead or as you look behind, you can see where it was indicating severe weather was possible. And again, you know, I'll just click over here. You can see that's the results for 41350 tornadoes. And it did. It started picking up on that on the run from like March 24th is when it first started picking that up. So that's what. 30 20 something days in advance that it started and so so you know there is a little bit there but you also got to see there's a lot of you know it's a scatter graph too but i can tell you with confidence that you know for the next week or so it's not looking that great and if you look at the last couple of runs here it's not looking great at all through may and i'm not too uh, i'm a little worried about that but that is the, uh, that's the CFS Severe Weather Guidance Dashboard. There's a huge description there. I'm not even going to try to read it or explain it any further. Just know that I've been using it, and people at the SBC use it to take a look at things out in the future and see what might just be coming down the pipe.
2: Yeah. That's, that's cool, because without the pop-ups, I was
4: kind of like, I don't get it. Yeah. It's like needle <laughs> <beautiful.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: it's it, it's it's a very complex it's a very complex graph. It's like this is like you got like members only kind of thing, but right. it's definitely a really cool uh, way to visualize the future patterns and such. And it's like you can't take as with all models, you can't take it literally, but you should take it seriously, kind of. Thing. Yeah, that was cool.
1: It it also reminded me of Super Mario Brothers.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, like the, I. It, I mean, I've got a really yeah. great story about Super Mario out in New Mexico, if you ever want to hear it sometime. Whoa! On a storm chase, So that's a, that's a future Titan you minute right there. Right? Yeah, right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sandman. Appreciate it. Hey, Phil, how many you got tonight? Just one? Uh,
1: I've got I've got one uh, great WX resource. Okay. Um, you, you guys might remember uh, back uh, last, so this was last summer, we had on uh, the Tornado Trackers. Mm-hmm uh in uh, a chase team and so what i what i want to share with you guys is some some great posters uh Gabe Cox who's part of the Tornado Trackers was on our show uh they've put together a set of uh three posters i want to share these with you i've just recently gotten them uh mounted but uh three posters that go on really well together you talk about again extreme weather uh great lightning shot uh, a cool little uh, tornado photo and one of uh, hurricane surge and these are going to end up going up behind me here but if you go to tornado trackers.org uh, tornado you can get those posters they're selling them right now they actually have a special you can buy two get one free um, they're doing that for a limited time but what's what's neat about those posters not only do they look cool so they put those together they're exclusive to them but they're using the proceeds they make from any sales of these. They're using to help fund uh, their 2018 chase season, which, according to Sanner might not be too active. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how the, the forecast turns out on that. But uh, some great posters. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to the show, you got to go to tornadotrackers.org to see them. Uh, they could they could be framed. And really make a, a nice set, uh, you know, a lot of times you can have a theme uh, to a room that you have or something like that. And they really create a great theme with some great weather art.
2: Can you hold those up again?
1: Yes. So, again, there was a, a hurricane storm surge photo mm-hmm. with a sailboat uh, in the middle of a road uh, because that it obviously it's been built up palm trees in the background. They kind of have this reddish, orange, and yellow look to them. Uh, there's one with a tornado uh, that that could be roping out, but again, it, they're they're using that highway, that road theme, and that orange and yellow look to it, uh, which is really cool. And the last one is is uh, a neat bolt of lightning uh, coming down by a you know an old old home, someone rushing into the home. And again, all three of them have pictures of people. Have is people that, on them?
2: Is that be- the same guy?
1: I don't. I don't know that it's the same guy. What What Gabe talked about is it was inspired by actual, real life events uh, that that they've been through, and so he it's it's partial photo slash art uh, that that he designed these, and I, I think they're beautiful.
2: Because if it is, that's the most unlucky guy. <laughs> that's true. <but> that's <laughs> you know, Just watch I, out, girls. Watch out. Don't take this guy. <laughs>
1: I'll I'll be honest with you. Truthfully, I think the one the one with the picture of the guy looking at the tornado on the highway by a motel. I think the the title is it is Liam. Uh, Liam. So that apparently is Liam looking at that tornado uh, at the end of the highway. So hopefully that's not Liam on all those photos, but it could be. (laughs)
2: And if your name is Liam, uh, none of these were depicted <laughs> Dude, that's or whatever. Right. That. That's right. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. And Sandman. Again, if you want to find out more information about WX Resources, uh, you can check us out. First of all, on the podcast app, uh, there's the show notes that are right there. Or you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 51. Click on that and uh, we'll have the notes there for you as well.
4: Okay, well, this next segment is Weather Fools. This is the first time I've ever introduced this segment. It's basically this collection of crazy uh happenings around the weather world it basically you know people doing really stupid things or really stupid things being people or any number of different things craziness it's stupidness it's wackiness and i'm going to introduce it because i am going to be a weather fool tonight guys (laughs) (laughs) so i i'm trying to come up with metaphors basically uh if you haven't been paying attention this week we had eight gargantuan wildfire in Oklahoma this week burned almost 300,000 acres, the Ray wildfire. Mm. And I have been covering it and pulling 10 to 12 hour shifts basically for most of the last week. Well, basically this, this fire started off on Thursday, burned to burn the bulk bulk of its land, 200,000 acres. And we handled that perfectly. Honestly, as a person who documents extreme weather, we couldn't have done that day any better. It was perfectly executed. I can't believe I honestly look back at the video we shot and I'm like, that was like perfection. I couldn't have done that better. So <laughs> then we get to Tuesday.
1: Don't, don't hurt yourself. Pat yourself.
0: on the back,
4: Yeah, yeah. Right. no, no. I'm I'm just saying, because we get to Tuesday and the wildfire breaks out. And I'll, I'll just put it this way. as a, This is my weatherful moment is that not only are we like not really in the right spot a lot of times, we actually at one point found ourselves Basically, I, I guess you could say we were surrounded by a wildfire. Ooh, so, you know, no on way. all sides, no escape route. So this will be a part of a, a upcoming episode this fall of wild weather. But basically, for about five minutes, we were trapped. We had no way out. It was just like we had to wait for wildfire to burn through the roadway behind us to get out. I mean, we were there with a ton of other people. It, it, it's going to be a lot more dramatic than it really was. But it was a very foolish and dumb decision to go get this video of this house burning. And yeah, so it was basically one of those things where I probably shouldn't have done that. And I mean, we got decent material on Tuesday, but it wasn't that the material we were shooting was not worth the risk we took. So I am going to rag on myself because I have always had a thing about being honest and open and say that we really messed up. And that was a weatherful moment for sure, because, yeah, that wasn't smart. So was was
2: anybody injured at all in that whole force fire?
4: uh there were several like small injuries there were two deaths uh oh. one of them uh was a hunter who did suffer from smoke inhalation and you know just succumbed to that another one they found a woman dead in uh her car by a residence there was a lot of hearsay along amongst firefighters because when you're covering a story you talk to firefighters and they you know stuff like that comes up and they said man they they said it really looked suspicious it, it looked like she might have been killed before the fire even got to her so Maybe it's a little bit of a murder mystery out there in uh, Western Oklahoma. I really don't know the true story. That's just hearsay. So I will say, I don't know. I haven't, I I was too busy covering the natural disaster of it, not to get to the bad aspect of it uh, so much. We were too busy looking at the flames, seeing where's this happening? You know, what, what's the story today? That sort of thing. And, uh, I was never on that side of it, and I don't know what the true like. I don't know if they released that or not. But yeah, let's that was Crime the, Stoppers. They yeah, no, I know. I know. Right. I mean, if you're going to write a murder novel, I mean, that's it. Like, <laughs> big fire coming in. Let's let's do this. I mean, Amazing. so. I hope that's not the case, but uh, right. apparently the fire was human caused too. So that was not to make light of that. Yeah. That yeah. So yeah. Far yeah. Far. But yeah, I mean, it's terrible, but uh, it was human caused almost certainly. So terrible. So, uh, Weather Fool. Anyway, Phil, are you going to rag on yourself? Uh, what's um, not to... yet. I, I oh, think okay. I'll
1: save my, my uh, <laughs> replacement hurricane name, Weather Fool, maybe for next episode. But uh, I do have three. cover tonight so i'll make up for everybody that's gone tonight anyway but i have got three we've had a busy couple weeks the first weather fool i'm going to share with you uh the star tribune had an article uh if you guys heard about this highlighting sun country airlines so sun country airlines is kind of a smaller airline i do know i don't know if they're just strictly based out of uh, minneapolis st paul uh, or if they have other sites but here's what happened uh, you guys know recently, huge blizzard up in, in northern, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. covered the Dakotas into Michigan. Uh, they had, Minneapolis-St. Paul actually had, I think, the second, no, this was Green Bay. I take it back. So this was National Weather Service in Green Bay, had the second largest snowfall amount from a single storm in history. Uh, And obviously it happened in April. So this tells you what's going on with our spring. But anyway, here's what happened with Sun Country Airlines. They had uh, obviously delivered a a number of vacationers down to Los Cabos, Mexico, uh, that were vacationing down in the fun and sun of Mexico. And when it came time to catch their flight back to Minneapolis-St. Paul, uh, the flight was canceled because of the blizzard going on. Well, for Sun Country Airlines they didn't have another flight leaving los cabos mexico to minneapolis until june
2: 29th
1: (laughs) so so they basically told all of their vacationers down in mexico that well sorry we just we're closed now until june uh you're gonna have to find a flight from some other airline uh we'll refund you your you know the cost of the one-way ticket But that was it. They left him basically stranded in Mexico to figure out how to get back to Minneapolis because they said, "Eh, well, our flight was canceled. And sorry, we don't really start flights again until June.
2: How how do you call your boss? Yeah, I'm stuck in... uh yeah, I mean
1: we'll and my airline won't be back until June. So I'll see you then. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not
4: gonna lie, if I was in Minneapolis, I'm just I'm not to rag on Minnesota, Phil, but if I was in in all you northerners, but if I was in Minneapolis, if I was from there and I was stuck in Mexico.
1: I not a bad know, no, not a not time. a bad thing. But the, but <laughs> listen, you guys know the cost of getting a one-way flight uh-huh. in you know in a twenty twenty-four hours from now. You know how much that costs. And Sun Country Airlines was saying, well, well, we'll refund you, you know, the cost that you would have, you know, that you paid for us for that flight. But that was it. They weren't even, they didn't get a charter. You know, they, could, they should have gotten a charter plane to go down there and pick them up, and, all, and they didn't do it. So, I Sun I, Country.
4: I, I would have hung out on the beach and sewed hats for a while. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> that's what I would have done. Their not, new not name
2: a- is Endless Summer. Yeah, yeah that's
1: right. <laughs> all right. So, Sun Country Airlines, number one. Number two. Uh, meteorologist, Brad Panovich, uh, had a, uh, he's, he's on Twitter at WX Brad. He, he had uh, posted a Facebook post. So this isn't, Brad's not the weather fool here. The weather fool is a gal named Tammy. And I, I didn't get the full name. And in all honesty, uh, Brad Panovich has since, tweeted, uh, tweeted, uh, deleted this tweet. I'm combining those two things together with my two beers. But what he what he posted was here is quote unquote Tammy, who's down, she lives in either North Carolina or Virginia because on her Facebook post, she put hashtag uh, NCWX, so North Carolina weather or hashtag VXwX or VAWX Virginia weather. So she's in one of those states, but she posted an image of a tornado. And if I recall it was something about, hey, this was just, you know, not too far from my home or whatever. Well, we've since uh, found out that that image was actually an image from our friends, the tornado trackers (laughs) 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 taken in 2014 in Nebraska. Uh, And all she did was basically, as Tammy reposted it, said, oh, my gosh, this is happening near us because there were tornadoes. Uh, this past week happening down in in the Carolinas and Carolinas and Virginia, but, uh, just recently had, Oh, Tanner, your pugs are going nuts. Excuse me.
4: Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. No, that's
1: okay. And so anyway, uh, we just found out. And the funny thing is I want to share with you. Here's what's funny about Tammy's post. She got, she got a ton and I don't remember what it is because it's been deleted, but she got a ton of, of like shares of her Facebook post. And this was from the Tornado Trackers uh, on Twitter. It said, impressive work. Tammy got way more shares on our photo than we ever got on our photo. <laughs> <laughs> so she got more shares on it than even they did when they posted it back in 2014. So Tammy, you are a weather fool. And my last one of the three, uh, and and this maybe actually not be a weather fool, but I think it fits in here. This is a, a video rant. By on-camera meteorologist Gary Frank of Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Oh, but he, yeah! Did you see this? So he had a did, video yeah. rant that actually made it on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel brought this up on his show. Uh, you got to check it out because he's he's on a more he's on his Grand Rapids morning show, and he just starts ranting about how crappy the spring weather has been this year. But you got to check it out if you go to Gary's Twitter account at G as in Gary, G. Frank TV. So G. Frank TV, that's his Twitter account. Go to that, check it out. You're going to see a a Jimmy Kimmel video of his rant, and it's just hilarious. He's just trying to give the weather, and he's like, well, you know, crap, here we go, 40-degree weather again. God, you guys don't care. You know, he's saying stuff like that. It was pretty good. It was fun. That's funny. So those are my three, three, uh, well, two weather fools and a weather funny, I'll call it.
4: Okay. Matt, Maz, do you, do you have any weatherfalls? I am yeah. saving
2: up for the final episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I like it. I like which, it. We'll, which could be sooner than you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's
4: so, true. Okay, Phil. I think uh, you should take it back over. Just here, here, Here's the baton. I'm passing it digital. Very good. I'll there take it. Go. So, so yeah. you know, as Maz said, you
1: can find all those. Uh, we'll put all those links. Uh, to those uh, weather fools we'll put those on our show notes which if you're listening to us on your phone a lot of times those show notes will be right on your podcast app or you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com pull up episode 51 and you'll see the show notes uh, listed there as well i'm going to jump to we don't have mj here tonight but we do have some uh, listener questions and comments i do i do want to get to uh one of them uh we we recently had let me pull this up here Uh, This was from Rob H. So Rob H is uh, from Twitter. He's uh, one of our regular listeners. Uh, He said, just settling down for episode 50, Harold frickin' Brooks, you guys keep landing the who's who of the WX Enterprise. Good stuff. Keep it up. For happy hour, Milwaukee's best light. Go cheap and go cheap early. (laughs)
2: I remember those days. (laughs) Oh, those really good old days!
1: All right, we also got uh, on Twitter from at jclick sixty five, who's another regular follower. He said uh, he just ordered his lightning round tee from Elicity Designs, hoping to wear it to WeatherCon twenty eighteen at Dallas uh, on April twenty eighth. So, and he wasn't the only one. We actually saw one of our past guests. uh, Ray Leichner uh, also had ordered that same lightning round t-shirt. It was like a concert t-shirt from Holicity Designs. And then on the back, it's got oh, yeah, it's like yeah. our, our tour stop. It's tour stops. It's got all the last 50 episodes, first 50 that we've done and all the guests that we've had on there. Uh, check that out at HolicityDesigns.com. And then the last one I want to share with you guys, this is, uh, uh, again, Twitter, at so Kim Hines, S-N. H-I-N-E-S. SN. So one of the things we're doing is we we have booked one, and we're going to end up booking multiple uh, women in storm chasing episodes coming up. And and Chris, uh, you obviously helped us out with that and get us started with. uh, I'm happy to announce um, uh, some of the guests, first three guests that we have coming up uh, this summer on that first episode. Uh, If you check us out on Twitter, you'll see what those are. But Big help from Chris on that. But anyway, Kim Hines, it started a big, big rash of tweets from Women in Storm Chasing, uh, which I thought was great, all kind of pulling together and going, hey, great, and, and getting to meet each other and all this stuff. But Kim Hines had one. She said, hi, ladies, I'm going to start using hashtag WXSisters uh, cool. for a general call-out to the ladies of storms. Anyone who wants to use it, please do. Love to see your photos, etc., in one quick place. Great for the gals. I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet as well. Go ahead and tell your storm chase friends. Cheers. I'm off to work. So if you are uh, a woman in storm chasing, uh, we're gonna have some shows coming up here for you starting this summer. But feel free to jump on Twitter. You has- hashtag #wx sisters. And uh, feel free to share your photos and check out everybody else, all the other ladies that will be sharing their photos as well. Some great ones.
2: That's a cool idea. Yeah. Good job, Kim.
1: It is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that show. And, and you know, I all I did was posted a tweet that said, who do you respect? What women do you respect in the chasing industry? And it opened the floodgates. And so I've got all kinds of names that we're going to follow up with to create uh, some follow up episodes uh, there as well. So. All right, so hey, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Uh, As always, before I share the secret of who our next guest is going to be, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app if you're listening right now. A lot of times your podcast app will have a chance to to leave a a comment or or review. Just make it great. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. If you hit subscribe, it just assures that when we post the next show, it'll be uh, be delivered right to your podcast inbox so that you can listen to it the moment it's released because some podcast apps, they won't make it available immediately unless you subscribe. So go ahead and subscribe so you get it right away. (laughs) Hey, special thanks to our guest, Eric Solman. I
2: don't
1: know about you guys, but man, that concept he's got i'm yeah. giddy about that it's a cool idea
2: it's gonna be really cool i'm gonna be first in line baby
1: absolutely and, and <laughs> so our, our next episode is in two yeah. weeks we'll be recording on may 3rd with christy bechtel of barren threat weather it's a, com- a company that provides some great weather software and apps uh, that we'll, we'll be talking about on that show if you'd like to watch the recording live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Go ahead and check out our uh, check out the YouTube channel we have. Just search Stormfront Freaks on YouTube, and you'll find our channel. Unless you guys got anything else for, for Maz and Chris, I'm going to go ahead and signal the old dudes all clear. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time.
2: <laughs> Good night. Good job. <laughs> those
0: Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.